Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Indianapolis Colts take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Lucas Oil Stadium in a matchup that may determine which one of these teams gets into the playoffs. Who's going to come out on top? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here as always by my fellow writer and analyst at Horseshoe Huddle, Drake Wally. And for some of you, you may notice and may recognize the guy that's at the bottom of the screen here, a former Horseshoe Huddle alum now doing his thing at Steelers Depot, our good friend Josh Carney. Josh, thanks a lot for being here, buddy. It's great to see you again and, and just great to talk Colts football with you once again. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. I got a little bit of chills there when uh, you were you were introducing me. Uh, <laughs> it's it's hard to hear alumni, but uh, you know, like I said off air, I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. We we definitely started that thing from the bottom and you and Jake and, and Drake and Zach have just really just taken off with it and doing a great job covering the Colts. And uh, yeah, I, I looked forward uh, to this opportunity. I know that I talked with Jake last year ahead of the Monday night game, and uh, I figured at some point I'd be on one of the shows here on the network uh, ahead of this one. So uh, super thrilled to talk with you guys and uh, big game, big game coming up Saturday. Huge game. And and I, I don't have the figures right in front of me, but I think it, it's pretty much like a 58% for the Colts. To, if they win a 58% chance, they get into the playoffs. They, their chances go up uh, Steelers. I think it's like 49 to 50%. Mm -hmm. So Drake, this is a monster game, man. Uh, playoff atmosphere going to be inside Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday and and with the Colts going up against the team that they haven't been able to beat since 2008. Peyton Manning was still the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts the last time Indy beat Pittsburgh. A lot on the line on, on Saturday. Yeah, and you know, a, a recent news updates, the Steelers team is actually pretty much back to full strength defensively, especially up front. So it's not going to be, you know, uh, a, a run through this type of, you know, team game for the Colts. And also, I think that a lot of that brilliance is just on Mike Tomlin. Look, man, the guy just continues to win. He continues to sometimes take this team, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they don't necessarily have maybe the, the talent uh, in the past. He's just cruised them to winning records and playoff berths. So I think that it's been him, but man, he's he's got probably one of the most innovative minds that that he's seen. You know, the Colts have uh, in a long time. So, I think that's going to really make the matchup interesting. And you know what? Exactly like uh, like was mentioned before, I think that this is man, this might be the biggest game of the year, especially if you talk about the implications right now for the Indianapolis Colts. Absolutely. Let's take a look at the chat. And look, we've got another member of Horseshoe Huddle. It's just a big party of Horseshoe <laughs> yeah, Huddle. There it is. As Jake Arthur is in the chat. Jake says he misses you, Josh. We all oh, miss you guys. At, at Horseshoe Huddle, all our great times. And <laughs> But hey, we're, we're all doing our thing, all continuing to climb, get success. It's been awesome. So appreciate Jake dropping in here. And then we got our first super chat of the evening from Patrick Rye, the CFO horseshoe huddle we call him that josh because it seems like patrick is the one that that always gives us the most super chats with uh, without him uh we wouldn't be able to do this wouldn't be able to fund this but th patrick thank you so much for your super chat buddy he says seen it all over x and twitter recently so i'll ask colt's pro bowl selections over or under four and a half we'll answer this one before we dive into into the matchup here uh let's let's just go around the horn drake over or under four uh and a half Pro Bowl selections for the Colts this year? I think it's going to be under. I think it's going to be four. Four? Yeah. Okay. Which four are you thinking? Uh, I think Zaire Franklin. I think Michael Pittman. I think Bernard Ryman. Ooh, I okay. think, uh, let's see, what would one more be? You know what? Kenny Moore. 
Maybe there's one more I'm not thinking of. I I think I'll probably go three. I'm going to go three with Zaire. I think Pittman might be an alternate. Uh, I think Quentin Nelson sneaks in there like he does every year. And then Kenny Moore. (laughs) So I think they'll probably be three. What about you, Josh? That's I I was leaning three or four. Uh, I didn't know if we were going to determine it on a legit selection or an alternate. (laughs) Uh, If we're doing just pro bowlers in general, uh, I think it's four. And uh, Andrew, I think you know where I'm about to go. My guy, Zaire, man. Oh, covered him in college at Syracuse. He is so fun to watch. I'm so happy that he has gotten an opportunity the last few years. He was a tackling machine at Syracuse. He brought that edge. He's doing the same thing in Indianapolis. It is so fun to pop on that tape and watch that guy play downhill with with a, just an absolute edge uh, to his game. I, I hope, honestly, it's not going to happen, but I, I hope he gets some Defensive Player of the Year votes. I mean, he you don't have 160-plus tackles with four weeks to go uh, at this point in the NFL. I, it would not shock me if he gets to 200. I know he doesn't have the, the turnover numbers and all that, like, you know, Darius Shaq Leonard used to have. But uh, Zaire, man, just a great leader for that team. All week I've been studying the Colts, and he just – he constantly pops on tape. So I, I hope he gets a Pro Bowl selection, and I really hope he gets some down-ballot votes for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, A-plus player on the field and an and A-plus-plus human off the field. Yes. So I can't say I can't have enough positive things to say about Zaire Franklin. But, Patrick, thank you so much for your Super Chat, buddy, getting us off on a really hot note this evening. And, and before we dive in, if you haven't done so, please go follow us on all of our socials, like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X, and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night, getting closer to 2,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So guys, keep keep sh- uh, sharing away. Let's get to that mark before the end of the regular season. And if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe. Give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. So boys, let's dive right into it. The Colts are, are one and a half point favorites over the Steelers. I think that's probably because they're at Lucas Oil Stadium. So Vegas thinks this is basically a toss-up game. And honestly, I agree. This game could go either way. It's all so dependent on how certain players perform, uh, uh, what kind of matchups we get. Uh, this is going to be an, an ultimate test. And, and where we're going to start out tonight is uh, uh, with maybe what the, the biggest matchup of, of the game where it's going to be the pass rush of the Pittsburgh Steelers, TJ Watt, clear concussion protocol, Alex Highsmith, clear concussion protocol, Cam Hayward, healthy and ready to ready to go going up against Gardner Minshew, who has really, really struggled uh, uh, against the pressure this season. So Josh, I'm going to start out with you. How big is it to, to really have those guys back into the fold, all healthy, ready to go. And, and, and really what's the difference for the Steelers defense when those guys, if those guys weren't on the field, I think it's huge to have them back, you know, in that, that classic three, four defense that the Steelers run, they talk all the time about how the the main key cog of that defense is the outside linebacker position because they are the key pass rushers. They can drop into coverage. They can allow the Steelers to do a ton of things defensively. And, you know, we saw last year when T.J. Watt missed, you know, six or seven games with the partially torn peck, they were a completely different defense. I think they are one in seven or one in nine without T.J. Watt uh, in his career, which – you don't want to put too much credence into that because it is a defensive player. It's not a quarterback or anything like that. But, I mean, that's eye-opening. Uh, so to get not only him back, but get Alex Highsmith, who was cleared uh, today on Thursday as well, it is massive. I mean, the Steelers have done a good job this season building up the depth behind them. They have rookie Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin, who's flashed a bit. They've got veteran Marcus Golden, uh, you know, as the fourth option there. So they had guys, but – There is nobody like T.J. Watt, and Alex Highsmith might not have the sack numbers this year, uh, but he's got 51 pressures. I think that's fourth or fifth in the league at the position. I mean, they just know how to rush the quarterback, so having them back is huge. The key with them is you – this is going to sound cliche, but this is how it is with this defense. They have got to stop the run. They have struggled with it this year. They've been better since Cameron Hayward has been back uh, after he had groin surgery early in the season. Uh, But if they don't stop the run consistently and put the opposing offense behind the chains, you know, a second and long, a third and long, 
they're in trouble because that allows opposing offenses to to use the quick game in the passing game. Gardner Minshew does a really good job of that. Uh, and, and when opposing offenses use the quick game, guess what that does? That slows down the pass rush. It doesn't allow them to get home. It doesn't allow them to impact the game. And we've seen that here the last you know five, six weeks. Offenses have shown how to beat the Steelers' defense, and it's that quick game. The ball is out in 2.2 seconds or less, and I don't care if you've got Reggie White on the other side of the ball. You're not getting to a quarterback in 2.2 seconds or less. Um, so they've got to come out, stop the run, and that starts with Watt and Highsmith on the edge. You stop the run, you put them in, in you know, disadvantageous down and distances, then you can pin your ears back. So it's it's massive uh, that they've got those guys back, especially against a good Colts offensive line. Um, but you don't stop the run. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Right. And, and, and Drake, I'm going to ask you this. I mean, Braden Smith out for this matchup, another, another day for Bernard or Bernard Ryman on the left side. Don't really worry about him too much. He's been pretty solid outside of last week against Trey Hendrickson, but Blake Freeland, Blake Freeland is the one to watch in all of this. Now, when Freeland has gotten, has gotten better throughout the year, it's, it's still, you're still a lot more comfortable with Braden Smith out there as we have uh, two super chats from Logan Schmidt. Want to make sure we get those out there. His first one. Thank you so much. Logan he says Colts whoop the Steelers 27 to 13. That's a bold prediction that right there. I, I don't think it'll be I like that the confidence. Big, the confidence if you know Logan, <laughs> you, this man is always going to be the biggest supporter of the Colts. And I love this one right here. This one's going to give us some comedic relief. TJ beats daddy Raymond and gets held in check. Uh, <laughs> Uh, another big prediction, uh, Daddy Raymond. Uh, is that is that a new nickname that that we need to start around Colts Twitter? But uh, put it on a shirt. Exactly, Daddy uh, Raymond. That's I love that. Love that. Thank you so much, Logan, for all your support, buddy. You're an absolute legend. You're a goat. Uh, we really do appreciate it. But Drake, what do you think? Blake Freeland and Bernard Ryman versus T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. And 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 Josh pointed it out. The sack numbers really aren't there for Highsmith this year, but the pressures are. Now you turn on the film, man. Alex Highsmith is an absolute monster uh, at that edge rushing position. So Drake, what do the Colts? What do these these Colts tackles need to do? And then more importantly, how do you think Minshew handles the pressure on Saturday? Man, it's honestly if on paper, it's just not a really good matchup for Gardner Minshew. Okay, now here's the thing: is Ryman has played absolutely fantastic football up until last week. Um, I, I think that Hendrickson really just put him on a turnstile. I think it was just a bad game for everybody. But here's what I think. If I'm Mike Tomlin or if I'm the Steelers, I'm putting Highsmith over with, with Ryman as much as possible. And I'm putting Watt over with Freeland because you absolutely have to double team him or you have to have the running back over on his side at all times. So that's, that's already compensating. Your, your offense has to compensate something for this guy already. Okay. So I, I think that, sh I think you're going to see pressure on Minshew. I don't think he's going to react well to it at times. However, I do think that you're going to go into this game plan as Indianapolis, or if you're the Colts, you have to go into this game plan with some sort of way to, I, I would say you're not going to stop you're just not going to stop Watt at all. Okay. You're going to, you just have to try to contain him, keep him from destroying your entire offensive game plan. So I think that uh, to what Josh said, they've struggled against the run. I think that you have to attack with the run. You've had two awful games with the ground attack. I think this is a, a prime matchup. But then again, you've got guys like uh, Larry Ogunjobi, Keanu Benton, who actually put pressure on the quarterback as well. And, you know, TJ Watt, I mean, hell, he's got 65 pressures, which is insane. So, um, Man, if if they let if they let Watt get back there too much, here's what I'll say: if they let him get back there too much, you're going to see Minshew just absolutely start seeing ghosts and struggle. If they can contain him and keep him in the backfield at a pretty decent pace, because he's just going to do it, he's going to get back there. I think that you have a chance, especially if the ground game gets going, to kind of relieve some of that pressure and maybe make those short completions a reality and you know relax that defense a bit. Blake Freeland has definitely been been thrown thrown into the fire per oh, se man. this season. I mean, he's had the matchup of uh, Aaron Donald. He's gone up against Miles Garrett, Brian Burns, Trey Hendrickson this year, uh, uh, among others. And and now to have T.J. Watt, I mean, there's the iron sharpens iron is is the perfect saying for this. So uh, going up against the best pass rushers that the NFL has to offer. But you guys both mentioned it, getting the run game going. Now, is that, now John. 
Jonathan Taylor will not be out there missing the third straight game with that thumb injury. It's the Zach Moss show once again. And Drake, you alluded to it. Zach Moss, the past couple games against the Titans and against the Bengals, we've really seen him take a step back. Has it been the Zach Moss that we saw with the Colts earlier this season? And when, when you take that into account, that's put a lot more pressure on Gardner Minshew. Turned out okay against Tennessee. They were able to come out with the victory, but when they turned one-dimensional against the Cincinnati Bengals, they really couldn't keep up. So, so Josh, I want to, I want to. You talked about Cam Hayward being there, and that's helped sure up things for the Steelers' mm-hmm. run defense. But what has been the main issue? Why, why haven't they been able to really stop the run this year on a defense that typically his, or historically has been pretty good against the run? You know, honestly, it comes down to missed tackles. I mean, this group in the last few weeks has has struggled uh, from a tackling perspective. And, you know, quite honestly, here in, in Pittsburgh, it gets it gets a little old hearing about how the players just have to execute. Uh, but really, it comes down to execution, you know, getting off blocks, being in the right spot. You know, it takes – run defense is all 11 guys, and you get one guy that's off assignment or out of a gap, you're going to have a home run play. And, and and we've seen that all season long with the Steelers. Obviously, with Hayward back, that's kind of gotten cleaned up a bit. But uh, for the most part, I think I would pin it on missed tackles. Uh, and you've got some guys that just aren't playing up to the level of expectations. I mean, Larry Ogunjobi got a big deal in the offseason as a free agent. Uh, I think he got three years, 30-some million dollars. Hasn't really done anything. Uh, the Steelers have been decimated at inside linebacker uh, with injuries. I mean, they're on their fourth and fifth string guys at this point. Uh, that, that's hard to play with. That's It's really hard to play with. If you don't have high-level, you know, off-ball linebacker play in today's NFL, you're in trouble. Uh, but just being in the right spot, knowing your assignment, getting off blocks, it sounds simple, and, and really it is, but it's easier said than done, and they've, they've struggled with it. Uh, they've cleaned it up a little bit. Uh, but they did have some issues last week against the Patriots. I know Ezekiel Elliott had a really nice night, had a couple of nice runs uh, late in the game, you know, and then that Sunday before against the Cardinals, I mean, boy, James Conner just really took it to them in the second half. He closed it out with a six-minute offense there in the fourth quarter. So this Colts team worries me. They, they've got really athletic offensive linemen. They've got the nasty guys in the trenches. Uh, Quentin Nelson against Cam Hayward is going to be one hell of a matchup to watch uh, throughout the game Saturday. And tell you what, I've been really happy to see Zach Moss kind of take advantage of his opportunity. Loved him coming out of Utah. I I thought in that draft class, he was in the argument for running back one. Uh, That guy's contact balance and elusiveness is, is, is something to see. And really quite honestly, the Steelers are good for, two explosive runs a game it feels like at this point and uh if we've seen anything and i know you guys have seen it up close all season long but if we've seen anything from zach moss this year he can be a home run hitter he just needs one crease and uh, i know he struggled the last few weeks but uh, he's getting he's getting a good matchup coming here because uh pittsburgh for you know historically as you mentioned andrew has been a good run defense last few years though it's just i i don't i can't pinpoint what it is and i don't think the steelers can at this point either uh, but they just they struggle in certain matchups and, you know, they get bitten by one or two mistakes in big spots. And next thing you know, those are ending up in the end zone. So, uh, yeah, Hayward's been Hayward's been a nice addition back into the lineup. But uh, you've got some guys that are just kind of in over their head and uh, not playing up to par. So it's a tough one to answer. But uh, whatever that answer may be, they are they are not good against the run right now. And Zach Moss has definitely made himself some money this, oh, this yeah. season. Uh, expected to be a free agent. We'll see if he is cheap enough for the Colts to retain him, even though we've got Jonathan Taylor on that huge deal. But my guess would be is Zach Moss gets an opportunity to be the the, the top dog elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But but Drake, this is, I mean, J, uh, Josh is kind of echoing some of my thoughts coming into this game. Is This is a chance for Zach Moss to really have a bounce back game, you know? And, and I think if the Colts can do that, uh, if they they can really rely on Zach Moss to 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 move the change get get five uh four to five yards per carry stay ahead of that so you don't force Gardner Minshew into third and nine third and eight situations then then the Colts could probably have something on offense what do you think 
I'm right there with you. And look, that's how you ease the pass rush. That's how you keep guys like Watt away, you know, and keep them doing different things other than just an outright pass rush is by running the ball well and then using play action, you know, out of running the ball well. So the last couple of games, you just haven't seen that. And look, at the end of the day, and, and you know, Josh, you know this. I mean, you, you've you've seen guys like like Rudolph out there, you know, playing plenty of, of, of Pittsburgh Steelers football, a backup quarterback, high level or low level. They're a backup quarterback. That's really what it is at the end of the day. So you, you, I think I've had this conversation with Andrew before, unless it's a guy like James Winston, who's explosive and he could, while he could throw four touchdowns and just really go toe to toe with anyone, he could also throw, throw four interceptions against the league's worst defense. So um, most of these guys are what they are. And Minshew is a safe thrower. He's a guy that's dink and dunk. He doesn't usually like to take downfield shots. You got to have a ground game, especially with that kind of athleticism on the Steelers defense. And, and you know, I've, I've talked about the guys in the secondary too, Joey Porter Jr. You've got guys like Minka Fitzpatrick. You've got guys that they can still make plays. You start forcing a guy like Minshew, who struggles with pressure this season to throw the ball too much. Well, one of those guys could really make him pay. I know Joey Porter Jr. hasn't had all the interceptions that maybe Steelers fans had wanted, but he's still good. He's still good for one hell of a play if you give him an opportunity. So I think you got to get the ground game going. I think it's maybe the number one priority for the offense. Well, that's good. That's a good segue, Dre. Well, before we do that, Stats Matt says he's arrived finally. Uh, he is. told me that he was going to be late today because he had to go to his daughter's uh, Christmas program. Like, what are you doing, buddy? Priorities. Horseshoe Huddle Podcast <laughs> takes priorities, man. Uh, good to see. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, as always, but but good segue there, Drake, because mm-hmm. getting that pass game going, I think, is, is uh, working off the run. Gardner Minshew's still going to have to make plays, and the guy that's probably going to make most of those plays. Michael Pittman Jr., the guy who now has six consecutive games with eight-plus catches for the Colts, uh, just been on an insane run. The consistency, and I wrote about this earlier in the week, Shane Steichen talked about Pittman's consistency and, and how he his, it's infectious and it's rubbing off on, on the rest of this offense, and he's becoming a legitimate threat in this league, not only just for, among Colts fans who I think know what, what Pittman's been about for a couple seasons now, but he's starting to get that national attention. So going Going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary, Joey Porter Jr. has been a hell of a rookie, very physical cornerback. Obviously, you have Minka Fitzpatrick back there as a safety, one of the best in the NFL. Drake, do you think Michael Pittman continues this run? Do you think he's going to be the 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 main vocal point of this offense against the Steelers, or are we going to see someone else get involved? Are we going to see Steichen and, and Gardner Minshew kind of go in a different direction on Saturday? You know, until until proven otherwise, I, I I have to say yes. I mean, because there's been a couple couple of these games where I'm like, oh, he's going to drop off. He's going to have under like five or six catches. And like you said, six straight games with eight plus catches. He's got 53 in that span. I mean, he's on an absolute tear and this guy's doing it with Gardner Minshew. Uh, so, I mean, I do think he's going to be the focal point Pittsburgh, even though those those guys are athletic. The guys that we mentioned before, they are, I wouldn't say bad against the pass, but they're like probably like about middle of the pack or maybe on the on the lower end of middle of the pack against the against the pass. So at the end of the day, though, the Colts are limited because of Gardner Minshew's you know, abilities. So that given, you know, TJ Watt coming back and, and that given, you know, Alex Highsmith, all those guys being there, guys like Cam Hayward. Man, again, if you don't get the ground game going, that pass that passing defense can get better, okay? Because they don't have to worry about as much. So, um, I, I I do think uh, at the end of the day, though, I I, I think Michael Pittman's going to probably there might be a chance he doesn't get eight plus catches, but I do think he's going to make an impact. I'd say probably five or six because Mike Tomlin's going to figure out some kind of way to try to limit him. I th- I just think Minshew's going to have to go to other targets. Last year against the Steelers, Pittman had seven catches for 61 yards and a touchdown in that loss for the Colts. (laughs) Thank you uh, to another super chat from Truett. Uh, Thank you so much for your super sticker. Truett is able to join us. I know he wasn't feeling well uh, earlier, and there he is with this comment. I'm I'm here, men, looking to get off the DL. Hope you're feeling a little bit better, Truett. You were a little bit uh, under the weather earlier this week because we're going to need your support. Uh, The Colts are going to need your support on Saturday against the tough Steelers team. Thank you so much. 
much. But but Josh, I wanted to ask you kind of just to elaborate on the Steelers secondary. I think last week uh, we saw the Steelers against the Patriots. They were really uh, they were really susceptible to getting hit over the middle of the field. Boy, uh, yeah. And and has that been has that been the norm uh, for the Steelers team or or has the because typically you're you're talking about the run defense being uh, the 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 weakness, but but on the outside it seems like the Steelers have been doing pretty well in the secondary. Yeah, I, I think with the injuries at, at the safety position, obviously Minka Fitzpatrick just recently came back. Uh, you know, Keanu Neal's down on on IR right now. They're kind of smoking mirrors at this point. You know, Demonte Casey is a really solid veteran. Uh, but he was burned for a touchdown last week, taking an awful angle, uh, you know, on a corner route to Hunter Henry for a touchdown. You know, they're just outside of Joey Porter at the cornerback position and Minka at safety. I, I think this group is one of the worst in the league. Um, they are a, a serious problem. Patrick Peterson was an interesting signing after they lost Cameron Sutton in free agency. Uh, he's He's played better as of late, but still is not that impactful guy they were hoping for. Levi Wallace, I mean, boy, you can just go after him all game long if you wanted to. He's He's been a mess all season. Uh, I, I do think, honestly, this is going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest test uh, of the season uh, for Joey Porter Jr. I think he's going to draw Pittman. Uh, he's matched up against number ones since he went into the starting lineup against the Jaguars. He's more than held his own overall. He had some struggles against Amari Cooper. Uh, he shut down Jamar Chase a few weeks ago. But Michael Pittman Jr., man, like you guys mentioned, he's on a run right now, and I, I think the Steelers are going to try and do what they can to take him away. But, right, it's it's really pick your poison with this with this secondary. Um, you know, you go after Porter, you're not going to have much success. He's allowed, I think, 17 receptions all year on 40-some targets. Like, he, his numbers are true lockdown number one type corner numbers right now. Which yeah, those is, are fantastic. Yeah, which is remarkable to say. Uh, because the Steelers haven't had that in a decade and a half since probably Ike Taylor. Um, but, man, everything else outside of Porter and, and Fitzpatrick is bad. And I, I really am concerned about matchups like, you know, Patrick Peterson on on Alec Pierce and, and, you know, Levi Wallace having to deal with Josh Downs at times. But, yeah, if you want to circle one area of the field that the Colts are going to have a ton of success with Saturday, middle of the field and tight ends. That's where the Steelers, since they lost Terrell Edmonds in free agency last offseason, they've had no answer for tight ends. I mean, Trey McBride went off a few weeks ago. Hunter Henry had two touchdowns last week for the Patriots. It's just constant. You know, last season, <laughs> Andrew, you mentioned Michael Pittman Jr. had seven for 61. I think Jelani Woods had like eight or nine catches for 90-some yards. Uh, sure wish he was healthy, but uh, – yeah, it, this could be a big week for for Will Mallory. He's come on strong recently for the Colts. Been been interesting to watch. But uh, middle of the field, I, I I don't know what it is. Um, you know, obviously the injuries at linebacker have really hurt them. You're getting Michael Walker, you know, on guys, and it's just it's not working uh, at all. So middle of the field is going to be where they attack, and this secondary is is largely a mess. But uh, if I were to caution Gardner Minshew. Just be careful targeting Joey Porter Jr. right now because he's he's on a heater, and I wish they could put an ISO cam on, on Porter against Pittman because that, to me, you want to talk about two physical guys that that are just monsters at the catch point and, and love to get after it. That's going to be one hell of a matchup, and I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with Minka. You know, he talked earlier this week about the tight ends, and, you know, he, he said pretty clearly, yeah, don't let them catch the ball. Well, how do you do that? Are you going to put Minka on Will Mallory? Like, I I don't think that's a fair thing for the Steelers to do, to take your best defender and put him on a tight end who's had nine catches in the last three weeks because uh, it opens up everything else. I mean, Alec Pierce, he had, what, the two deep balls against the Titans? Uh, didn't really do much against the Bengals, but I think he's coming on a bit. Minshew has a little more trust in him. And yeah, like I mentioned earlier, guys, Josh Downs scares me. That guy after the catches is, is is pretty good. He's made some big time catches this year. He's got great hands. That's a guy that I ha I have no idea how the Steelers are going to match up with him because Patrick Peterson isn't the answer in the slot. Um, you know, James Pierre, he's the number four corner. He's not an answer. Chandon Sullivan, 
not an answer. So this this secondary is rough. And going back to our previous talking point, you can't stop the run. It opens up play action, and boy, oh boy, the Steelers are vulnerable there. So long, long-winded answer. I think the Steelers' secondary is bad outside of two names, and uh, I know Minshew's not played well, but uh, this is this is a week where I think he could have a lot of success trying to take some shots downfield like he did against the Titans. Let's take a look at the chat here and and, and see what, what some people are saying. CMDSR says, I'm looking for Will the Thrill Mallory to have a big game, and that could be in line there, <laughs> wow. uh, buddy. Jo- uh, Logan Schmidt saying that Josh's Downs <laughs> is going off, uh, so that very well could be as well. And then we got two questions from Stats Matt that, that I think is are, 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 are really good here. Stats Matt says, uh, so over the middle is their weakness, or is it twitchy, guys? So like the Downs versus Wallace matchup. And then Stats Matt also asks, Josh, do the Steelers cornerbacks travel? So I'll answer that one first. Yes, recently Joey Porter Jr. has been traveling uh, with the opponent's number one. Uh, Again, it also depends on game situation and all that, what package the Steelers are in. But typically, uh, you know, Porter, since that, that Thursday night game against the Tennessee Titans back in week nine, has been on the number one guy consistently. Um, you know, again, teams have got a little creative with motions and moving them away and, and, you know, using bunch formations, stack formations to get free releases. Uh, but for the most part, Porter has been traveling uh, against number ones, uh, which has been really encouraging. As far as over the middle goes, I don't think it's anything about, you know, you know twitched up guys or, or great athletes. I just think that they are struggling significantly uh, to, to handle tight ends, whether it's, you know, delayed out routes or, you know, kind of those benders over the middle, those over routes, they just don't have the linebackers to, to run with those guys right now. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's showing up big time. It, it really is. Uh, and what was the other one? The downs versus Wallace. Yeah. Downs versus Wallace. I don't, I don't think that's going to be the matchup, at least based on what I've watched the last few weeks with the Colts. It feels like downs is more of that slot receiver. I, I, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if that's the case, you're going to see a lot of Patrick Peterson on downs because when they go into their certain sub package, whether it's, it's nickel or dime, uh, Peterson is the slot corner in, in, in dime. If it's nickel, you're going to see Chandon Sullivan, just because of his ability to blitz off the edge, you might see Porter rotate or not Porter, excuse me, Peterson rotate uh, kind of that single high when they move Minka around. But overall, I think you're going to see more of downs on Peterson. And to me, that is a great matchup uh, for the Colts, because I mean, if we're being fair, Patrick Peterson has lost a step or two and isn't that, isn't that twitched up sticky coverage guy that he once was. So um, yeah, that's a that's a matchup that that really really scares me because we've seen guys run away from Peterson this year, especially on crossing routes, uh, and he's he's struggled. So it'll be up to Minshew to take advantage of that. And Downs is the quick win wide receiver yes. in Shane Steichen's offense, so uh, that could be an area that that Steichen looks to exploit. Let's switch gears here and let's start talking about the Steelers' offense versus the Colts' defense. Uh, and this one is also a very intriguing matchup. It could go either way. Drake last week against the Cincinnati Bengals pass rush was nowhere really to be found. You know, coming off of three straight games where they had over five sacks, zero sacks, hardly any pressures on Jake Browning and. Browning was able to carve up the Colts defense going right down the field. I think that's got to change this week going up against Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers offensive line that at times has has struggled, uh, I think. And, and well, I think they've improved a little bit, still not where they want to be. So what are you expecting out of this Colts pass rush on Saturday, especially the two guys on the outside talking about Quiddy Pay, Samson Ebukam? You know they they didn't have any sacks, all right, and they went into that game being the second uh, the second team in the NFL as, as far as sacks were concerned. So um, I, I think that you're going to see success, but I think that it's it's going to be a little different than what a lot of people might be just assuming because Pittsburgh has struggled in this area. But I do think that they're going to run the ball consistently. I think Pittsburgh has got you know they've got it's Jalen Warren, correct? Correct. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, they're they're a forgotten duo, but they can absolutely play ball, and especially if they get a lot of momentum, him and Nigel Harris, they can make things happen. So I think Pittsburgh with Mitch Trubisky under center, they're going to be running the ball a lot. But I think that you are going to see at least 
I would say three sacks. I'd see, I don't think you're going to bounce back to six like before, but I do think that the Colts are going to get at, at least three sacks. And I think that you may see a nice healthy balance of maybe like Ebicom with one pay with one. And I do think the Forrest Buckner is going to get one too. Now, now Josh, uh, he, he, Mitch Trubisky hasn't played too much this year, but he did play mm-hmm. some last year before Kenny Pickett took over. How have you seen him be able to adapt to pressure since he's been into a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform? Uh, I know he he tends to hold the ball for for quite a bit of time, which which I think can can definitely play into the Colts' hands here. But but how do you think Trubisky is going to fare on Saturday? I tell you what, he is he is the same quarterback he was when he was a rookie in Chicago. This guy that shows flashes, he'll stand in there against the pressure at times, he'll go through his progressions, he'll make a strong throw, and then there are other times where he is he just completely loses his mind against the pressure, drifts back far in the pocket, makes it harder and harder for his offensive lineman, throws off his back foot, throws into triple coverage. I I really I think he's a solid veteran leader in that locker room. And right now there's a lot of questions about Pittsburgh's culture. Thanks to Ben Roethlisberger, um, you know, in, in recent days. Um, but I just don't think Trubisky is a starting quarterback in this league at this point. And uh, you know, there's been debates on if, if Mason Rudolph should get a shot at this point, I'm not opposed to that. I think we know, what Trubisky is. He's a guy that's going to be aggressive. He's going to take some downfield shots, but he's going to make a lot of mistakes and he's going to take some sacks and he's going to run into some sacks and behind that offensive line that is good at, at, at run blocking, but has a lot of issues pass blocking. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a, a tough matchup for Trubisky, uh, especially coming off the Patriots game where, you know, he made some mistakes. He had four turnover worthy plays in that game. Uh, he had one interception called back due to a penalty. Had two others dropped. Uh, could have been could have been way worse. Um, and you know the Colts tend to finish those plays, uh, especially Kenny Moore. So I'm worried about it. And I, with Trubisky under center, I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers' offense at this point. I think we've seen though, you know, in the last couple of years, it doesn't matter what quarterbacks under center in this offensive scheme, it's just not good enough. It's, it's not an NFL level, modern day offensive scheme. Um, You know, Matt Canada was fired right before Thanksgiving. The Steelers had that one game boost that teams typically have after a coach is fired. And then it's been back to normal. And uh, you know, they, they want to be aggressive with Trubisky. They're trying to, to build around that aggressiveness a little bit. Um, But it's, some of it is just so puzzling. Like, I don't know if you guys looked at the tape yet from this past Thursday, but fourth and two near midfield, you need two yards to sustain a drive. You're down a field goal. What do the Steelers do? They throw a deep shot to Deontay Johnson, a low percentage deep shot that falls incomplete and they essentially lose the game. I I mean, that's the Steelers' offense in a nutshell. There, There is no rhyme or reason to it, especially in the passing game, and everything just feels so backwards with them from an offensive philosophy. Um, and, yeah, with Trubisky, they, they want to get something going. You know, George Pickens has been kind of upset again this week. He's been in the news here locally for his attitude and frustrations, and I think they're going to try and force the ball to him. Uh, and anytime you say Mitch Trubisky and force the football, it, it worries me. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a tough time against this defense. Um, you know, Gus Bradley has has played against him before, has schemed up well against him before. Yeah, I just – I think they're going to put him in, in, you know, situations that aren't to his advantage and, and force him to make some plays. And, I mean, look, we're year seven with Trubisky at this point, I think. He is who he is. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to flash occasionally, but the, the flash is not enough uh, compared to the mistakes he's made. So I'm very worried about this matchup. I just I don't have a lot of faith, and quite honestly, I wouldn't have had a lot of faith if Kenny Pickett was the quarterback either. The Steelers just don't have a guy in the scheme right now that they currently have that's going to elevate them offensively. 
And you talked about those deep shots. Stats, Matt, coming in here with some heat. Hey, Josh, can you tell the Steelers <laughs> to keep throwing 20-yard go routes in third and twos? Uh, and then Matt, he also says it's almost Christmas. Let Rudolph guide the sleigh. Stats, Matt, coming out with some heaters today in the chat. Love to see it. But uh, you talked about that the uh, uh, the Steelers' offensive line does a lot yeah. better uh, uh, when they're run blocking. And the Colts have kind of struggled against the run. They do have Grover Stewart back. I mean, Grover Stewart was in against the Bengals. It certainly helped. However, it seemed like as soon as Grover Stewart would come out for a play or two, Zach Taylor would say, okay, whoever came in for Grover Stewart, let's run directly at him. Most of the time, it was Taven Bryan. So what, what do you think that – do you think the Steelers' uh, offense has gonna is going to really focus on trying to run the ball with that two-headed monster of Najee Harrison and Jalen Warren? I know Najee's more of the uh, the bruiser in the backfield. Jalen Warren, you can use him in, as a, as a pass-down back as well. He's had some explosive plays this year. How do you think the Steelers' running game is going to fare uh, against this Colts defense? Well, I'll tell you what. Last year, they were fantastic against them. I mean, Benny Snell came in last year and relieved right. Najee Harris. And right. had, I think 60 or 70 yards. Um, I, I think you can run on this team. The Steelers identity, even though they don't really know what it is at this point, it's pretty clear. It's a, a, a run heavy power rushing attack. Um, they're at their best offensively when everything revolves around the run, you know, whether it's duo or, you know, pulling the guards, pulling the tackles, getting up in between the tackles. Um, you know, whether it, if it's under center, good chance the Steelers are running the football and they're going to have success when they're in gun and they try and run the football. It's, it's a mess. Cause they don't have those running backs that are the quick twitch, you know, one cut and go uh, like you see some other teams around the league, but yeah, this group gets after it in the run game. There's a little bit of nastiness to it. Um, you know, I, I think Broderick Jones, the rookie, him stepping into the lineup at right tackle helped transform this run game. Uh, he was a significant upgrade over Chukwuma Okorafor, uh, right tackle in the run game. Dan Moore Jr. for his all his warts, uh, you know, in pass protection. The guy is a people mover in the run game. Like he creates a ton of movement, a ton of push, a ton of displacement up front in the trenches. Uh, but the the big key for me this week is is uh, Isaac Sayamalu, left guard, is questionable. Did not practice all week with a shoulder injury. Yeah, he played on the short week last week uh, against the Patriots after leaving the game against the Cardinals. Uh, but to see him not practice at all this week, I don't I don't think he's going to go. And if he doesn't, that puts Nate Herbig into the lineup. Uh, he's he's flashed at times. Uh, he's a very good run blocker, but I think you can really exploit him uh, in in pass protection. So, yeah, I think it really comes down to to game script and how it, how it turns out early in the game. If the Steelers come out early are able to establish the run you know are able to keep it close within one possession I think you're going to see them be able to run the football and stay true to who they are but if you let the Colts get out to a quick start like they have allowed the Cardinals and the Patriots in recent weeks that takes away the entire game script it changes who the Steelers are entirely and they have shown they cannot come from behind by two or more scores you know and and in Pittsburgh, you hear a lot of people trying to make excuses of like what teams can't come back from multiple scores. Well, a lot of modern day offenses can do that. The Steelers can't. Uh, so if you stop the run or at least put them, you know, down by a score or two, you'll change what they want to be. And if they get away from the run, they have no shot. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Najee's going to be the guy who's going to hammer it between the tackles, try and set the tone on Saturday, really come out and try and punch the Colts in the mouth. And then you're going to have Jalen be that, that change of pace guy and uh, you know, try and rip off some explosive runs, but Grover being back, I know he was just trying to get his feet underneath him uh, last week, but him being back and, and up to speed, man, that guy changes a run defense, just like Cam Hayward uh, for the Steelers changed the run defense for Pittsburgh. Um, so I like the offensive line in the run game in general, um, but pass protection wise, I mean, you guys mentioned they didn't have any sacks last week, but I think they're going to get quite a few this week. Uh, Ebicom and, and Quiddy pay off the edge that speed. I, I really think they'll give fits to, to more and, and, uh, Broderick Jones, Broderick Jones is moving from left tackle at Georgia to now he's at right tackle. You know how difficult that is to, mm -hmm. to try and 
do on the fly. He's he's played well, but uh, in recent weeks he has had serious issues with speed off the edge, especially when they do that wide nine. Gus Bradley likes to do that. You get Ebicom and 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 uh, Quiddy Pay out there on the wide nine, let them tee off against Broderick. It, it could be a long day, long day. And I don't mean to be so negative here, but I mean, <laughs> I I've I've watched an offense the last three years set back modern football. It feels like. I mean, the Steelers went what fifty eight games without a four hundred yard game. I, it's nuts in today's NFL. Yeah, that's crazy. I, but and they, they were, just won a bunch. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean that—that's the crazy thing is that they, up until these last two weeks, they had like the second most wins in the AFC in the last five years, Jeez. and they had no legitimate offense to speak of. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I just I think this is a tough matchup. I, I really like what Indianapolis has in the front seven. I like the secondary. I'm, I'm very curious to see Juju Brents up close. Uh, I liked that guy a ton coming out. I thought he was going to be a stealer. I'm glad he landed it in Indianapolis if it wasn't Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I love Gus Bradley's scheme and I like that matchup of him against, you know, interim OC Eddie Faulkner and play caller Mike Sullivan. Like you come down to X's and O's. I'm going to take Gus Bradley over a lot of offensive coordinators. And it's it's funny you 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 mentioned Juju Brents. This this I think if all things considered, you talk about how they can have success in the running game. The 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 secondary for the Indianapolis Colts is still so young. Juju Brents coming back this week, the the first time he's played since week seven. Uh, you're talking about that, and and with Jalen Jones on the other side, Drake. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what you think about this. Uh, uh, but what do you think as we get another super chat here talking about Juju? Uh, 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 Shaheen, thank you so much for your super chat, buddy. Really, really appreciate it. I, hey, you joined late, but at least you're here. That's all that matters. So uh, Shaheen says, breaking the curse this year, Juju is our X Ooh. factor. So Shaheen already getting his X factor in there uh, early. So, uh, so Drake, what do you think? Going up against uh, wide receivers to Deontay Johnson, who maybe hasn't performed uh, like like in the past as of late, but but I still think he's a, he's a solid wide receiver. George Pickens, as as Josh said, they might be trying to feed him the ball to to appease him. He certainly didn't look happy against the Patriots, and seems like he's had some uh, some attitude issues the Steelers have had to deal with. What do you think, Johnson and 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 Pickens against this young? secondary of the indianapolis colts and i want to throw a uh, Fryermuth in there as well i mean they've, they've got they've got some weapons throughout yeah you know uh pat Fryermuth really doesn't get talked about enough i think he's kind of he kind of reminds me a lot of jack doyle honestly he's just a r- real solid blocker and the guy just makes things happen i think that's a great just, comp that is a yeah, great comp there's just been a lot of you know uh, shakiness at quarterback, so I, I think that he can still make things happen. And look, I understand that Pickens uh, hasn't exactly had the best time this year, and and Johnson struggled uh, up to what he's usually holding his standard to. But look, um, the Colts, yes, they they at times have have shown a real spark. These young guys have guys like Jones are out there, you know, draping guys like DeAndre Hopkins all game, guys like Jamar Chase. I mean, he's getting his lumps just like Blake Freeland is on the other side of the ball. But I also think at the end of the day, yes, I mean, Deontay Johnson is a burner. He is a, a guy that if you get if you lose one step on him, you're done. And George Pickens is still George Pickens, and he still is is the George Pickens that that showed the highest of highs, you know, as 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 a Pittsburgh wide receiver in an offense that hasn't really fit him very well. Okay. So any given moment, here's the thing about incidents is like what's going on in Pittsburgh. It just takes one talking. It just takes one game where a guy gets back to square one. He gets back to where he needs to be and he tees off. So this cannot be taken lightly. You can't just assume that there's going to be problems, man. It's Mike freaking Tomlin. This guy has just drugged these teams to the playoffs and drug them to constant winning records. I don't think he's had a losing record yet, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like, you're just looking at this guy and all he does is figure it out. So don't put it past Mike Tomlin to come into this game very fired up, very, you know, having his guys fired up and ready to go, especially in enemy territory. Drake's really high on Mike Tomlin. I know some Pittsburgh Steelers fans aren't so high <laughs> on Mike Tomlin. I just respect the guy a lot because all he's done <laughs> listen, is win. <laughs> listen, I, it is it is refreshing to hear an outside perspective because I feel like I'm in an echo chamber at times where it's like, 
<laughs> my mentions are fire Mike Tomlin. Tomlin's got to go. Tomlin stinks. So tired hearing about the non-losing seasons. It's like, guys, this fan base in Pittsburgh is so incredibly spoiled because you have not gone through a 4-12 and season since, I think, <laughs> the 80s. Mm-hmm. If that. Like, I don't think the Steelers have ever had a 4-12. and I think the worst was 6-10 and under Bill Cowher. So, like, yeah, they haven't won a playoff game since 2016. Yes, Tomlin has a playoff win in four of his 16 years at the helm going on 17. We get it. Like, but this guy is so well-respected around the league. Players love him. Opposing coaches respect the hell out of him. Like, I get sometimes things just have to end. All good things come to an end, you know, that, that whole saying. But, man... I would rather have that guy as my head coach than going out into the unknown at this point. And and I know I'm kind of harping on it here. I don't want to make it Steelers centric, but like this, this franchise is in a transition. Their GM of 22 years, Kevin Colbert retired two years ago. Mm-hmm. You've, you've given the new GM and Omar Khan a season and a half to overhaul the roster that had a ton of holes after Colbert retired. Ben Roethlisberger is going to go into the hall of fame in a couple of years as a first ballot guy. He was there for 18 seasons. You don't just snap your fingers and go, all right, we're good. We, we got the next guy. Like, it, it, it takes a while. I mean, look at the Colts. Andrew Luck walked away and, what was it now, five quarterbacks, five starting quarterbacks in five years or six and six. I think they have the guy in Richardson, but you guys went through Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz. Oh, that was a rough year. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's just – it's not easy. It's not easy to find that guy. And, and, you know, the Colts have gone through stability issues at head coach. I think they have the guy now in Steichen. But it's not easy, man. And it, it's refreshing to hear that respect from the outside is still there for Tomlin. Because I tell you what, if the Steelers ever decided to, to part ways with him or he wanted to go elsewhere, he'd have a job in five seconds. Mm-hmm. And he's a Hall of Fame coach. And, you know... It's not as bad as Belichick up in New England. I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I, the Colts possibly sent that man into either retirement or got him fired. But hey, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I heard Jeff Saturday's available if oh, you'd rather you have dare. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's man. always he's always ready. You know, he's always ready. ESPN gig, it's part time. <laughs> what a time that was. I'm so glad Jamie though that Christmas. they found Steichen. Just t- someone take away Ursay's Twitter, please. Please. <laughs> I, I mean, it would it would certainly allow us to have some free evenings once in a while if Ursay wasn't uh, tweeting things out at 11:30 p.m. as I'm trying to wind down. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about X factors here. So, uh, Drake, I want you to give me an x factor for the colts that you think is going to be crucial to the to their victory and and then josh give me a steelers player as your x factor that you think is going to make the difference in this game so drake we'll start with you bud okay so i mean there, there, there's always so many guys that could come to mind here but i i gotta say zach moss that is that's i mean that's pretty much like the that's the battering ram that's going to open up the offense all right Gardner Minshew again he's limited he's a backup got to get that ground game going you've had two awful performances i think it's like 78 yards or something like that over the last couple of games so got to get the ground game going it's not even a second thought for me it's Zach Moss i i will go with Elandon Roberts inside linebacker this is a guy who since Cole Holcomb and and uh, Quan Alexander went down with season-ending injuries, has stepped into that full-time role. He's a guy I always liked. It's huge on him coming out of Houston in 2016. Uh, you know, I thought he was very good in New England, had a solid run in Miami. Uh, since he took on the full-time role for the Steelers, I think he's played some of his best football. Uh, he is a, a downhill thumper. That guy is going to – he is going to set the tone. He's going to bring it every snap against a run. I think you might see a couple big collisions in the hole with him and and, and Zach Moss, but uh, I'm circling him because of the work in coverage that he has done in recent weeks. He is not known as the coverage linebacker. I mean, that's why they brought in Holcomb and uh, Quan Alexander because they wanted to take Roberts off the field in sub package. Injuries have forced them to not do that now. Uh, and to to Roberts' credit, he stepped up and he's had some decent games in coverage but uh, I I think this week with the weapons on the outside that the Colts have and the attention that they're going to draw Roberts is going to have to step up over the middle especially in matchups against the tight ends and and if the Colts 
utilize the middle of the field. Roberts is going to have to be that guy to try and take some of that away. And if the Steelers want a shot at, at, at winning this game, I think Roberts has to come up big in coverage. So we already saw Shaheen. His X factor was Juju Brents. Let's look at the chat here. Stats Matt saying it's Grover Stewart. Stop the run and put the Steelers behind the chains. I think that's going to be crucial not to let the Steelers kind of just run the ball down the field. Patrick says his actor, his X factor is Matt Gay gets back in his groove and hits three field goals of 40 plus when the Colts get stopped by Watt and the rest. So some really good picks there. For me, it's Josh Downs. I think that is going to be the biggest mismatch for this Colts offense is having Josh Downs in the slot. He hasn't had too big of games recently because it's been all about Michael Pittman and deservedly so. Michael Pittman has just been absolutely dominating out there. But when you talk about the Colts wanting to get rid of the ball really quickly and Josh Downs being matched up with Patrick Peterson inside that quick win wide receiver. I think he might've hit the, the rookie wall just a little bit, but this is, it could be where he gets back on track back at home. Josh Downs has, has typically played better at home this season as well. Seems yeah. like he's become more involved. I think Josh Downs could make a really big impact on Sunday and we may see him hit that 100 yard mark as, as, as I think Michael Pittman will get his getting seven or eight catches, but I think Josh Downs might lead the Colts in receiving yards. And that reminds me too, the Colts are going to face a similar defense to what the Browns were with the Steelers. Like those are not carbon copy. The Browns are four, three Steelers are three, four, but you've got the elite pass rushers. You want to get the ball out quick. You got some physical corners, mm -hmm. uh, a defense decimated with injuries. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't downs kind of break out in that game against the Browns. He had a long touchdown after the catch, had some big catches downfield that slot area, man, that, that's that's kind of the Achilles heel right now for the Steelers, and, and I really think that's a significant matchup for the Colts. So, yeah, that's that's a good X factor for you, Andrew. I, I think I think it's going to be a big game for number one on Saturday. Logan Schmidt says his is Zach Moss. He agrees with Drake, and CMDSR goes with Will Mallory. Will the thrill? It's going to be fun. Going to be fun to see this uh, see this all take place. All right, guys. Saturday, four thirty p.m. Eastern at Lucas Oil Stadium. Colts fans, you know Steelers fans always travel well. It's probably going to be close to 50-50 inside of Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday afternoon. And whoever wins this game likely will make the playoffs in the AFC. I think it's it's we can almost guarantee that with the, with the two schedules remaining and just how close everything is. One both these teams one of 16 or two of six teams tied at 7 and 6 as we head into the final four weeks Crazy. of the season, which is absurd. And and to be doing it with backup quarterbacks I think is even more impressive. So Josh, we'll start with you, buddy. Oh. Colts, Steelers, Saturday oh, afternoon, who you got and why? Oh man! Oh, then give a score prediction as well. Yeah, I, I've I've got the Colts twenty, Steelers nineteen. I think they win it on a on a Matt Gay field goal. I just I I have very very little faith in in Mitch Trubisky. I think scoring nineteen points is going to be a significant task for the Steelers. I think they were going to probably need, uh, you know, a, a defensive touchdown or you know a short field created on a turnover to to put up nineteen points. Uh, but I, I just think with this Colts team, you've got the makings on offense of stuff that gives the Steelers trouble defensively right now, and that's the run game, and that's the weapons on the outside that can win quick and allow your quarterback to get the football out. Uh, so I, I think Minshew's going to have a nice bounce-back game. I really think, again, Josh Downs is going to have a significant impact. I think, I think Zach Moss is going to have a, a solid game. You know, Jonathan Taylor, I think, rushed for 90 yards in a score last year. Uh, so, you know, you can run on this Steelers team and offensively for the Steelers. I just, I really like that Colts front seven. And for me, it feels, it, it's hard for me to think, okay, Pittsburgh's going to be able to run the ball consistently against that front. And if they can't do that, you're putting the ball in Trubisky's hands. And again, I, I don't have a ton of faith. We know who he is at this point. And, uh, just, I don't feel good about it. And that's just kind of how the Steelers season has gone at this point. I mean, Two weeks ago, on the Saturday before the game against the Cardinals, the Steelers were seven and four, and had two matchups against two win teams coming up. And thought, okay, nine and four at best, eight and five at worst. Nope, seven and six. 
made history in the process, not the good kind. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think injuries are just catching up. And, and again, they don't have the play at the quarterback position to, to elevate this team. So 2019 Colts, I think the Colts are going to the playoffs this year. And I think the Steelers are going to be sitting at home again and, and having some tough decisions coming up as far as what the heck to do with this team. That would be, yeah, I think, I think there's going to be some interesting discussions made for the Steelers this off season, but Hey, I'm not going to count those, the, the guys in black and gold out until, until that final bell, Drake, what do you think, bud? Colt Steelers, who you got? You know, uh, I, I, regardless of Mitch Trubisky, regardless of the Steelers, you know, current state of their roster, man, I, I believe in Mike Tomlin. I think that he just, he, it doesn't matter who the hell you put in front of this guy. He just figures things out. I think that it's going to be 20 uh, – let's see, what have I got here? Oh, yeah, uh, 23 to 21. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be up, and I agree with you 100%, Josh and Andrew. You know that I made this prediction too, is that they are going to win on a Matt Gay field goal because I think that Matt Gay played like dog crap last week like the rest of the team, and I think that he's one of the best damn kickers in the league, and he's going to show it, and he's going to notch yet another game winner like he did in Baltimore. You, you had us in the first half, Drake, not going to lie. I thought you were going to say the Steelers <laughs> were going to win the way Nailed he was it. going. He switched it up. Matt Gay with the field goal to win it. Let's it's, like the, it's it's like that, uh, what is it, that gift where exactly. call the ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the chat. Stats, Matt has 24-20 Colts. Spooks Hill Joe with a blowout, 42-10. That's, oh, man, that's I, crazy. I, Joe, I, I, Joe, if that I crown yeah, yeah freaking Shane Steichen. Yeah, it, it, listen, if that score happens, Mike Tomlin might be left on the tarmac. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that'd be that's wild. Crazy. That would be wild. Patrick, 22 to 13 Colts. Uh CMDSR 31 to 27 Colts. Uh a lot of lot of higher scores in here, but hey, listen. Oh. I think it's going to be a close game. Like I said, Vegas only has it as one and a half points. It's going to be a toss-up. Very tough environment. Playoff atmosphere in the beginning of December. I think both teams are treating this like a playoff game. It's it's a very just just listening to the players in the Colts locker room this week. Listening to to what the Steelers players and the coaches had to say. Very serious. There there is no joking around. They know how important this game is for me. I think the Colts break the streak. 20 is been since 2008. Shane Steichen's going to come in here and get it done. I'm going Colts 24, Steelers 20. I think the Colts will score late, give themselves the lead, probably a touchdown from, from Gardner Minshew to Michael Pittman Jr. I'm calling it now. And then the Steelers are going to have one final drive where Mitch Trubisky is going to have to lead them down there for a touchdown. Lightning, oh. lightning in the bottle is going to strike again, and Kenny Moore is going to get the game ceiling interception. So that's my big prediction. Uh, we're all on the Colts. So knowing yeah, that looks like sweet. this looks like the Steelers are probably going to get the victory <laughs> since we're all on the Colts. Luckily, we don't have graphics to to make us a meme. But hey, regardless, it's going to be a, a hell of a time in Indianapolis on Saturday afternoon between these two teams, an old fashioned AFC bloodbath, and and I can't wait as a as a football fan to watch these two teams go at it in prime time to determine which team is probably going to head into a wild card spot in the AFC. So that's our show for today, guys. Really, really appreciate everybody tuning in. I uh, want to give a shout out to all of our super chats for this evening. Patrick Rye, the CFO, Logan Schmidt, Truett, Shaheen, all of you guys. Thank you so much for all of your support and everyone else that joined us live tonight in the chat. And then want to give a special shout out to our friend, colleague, Josh Carney uh, is always welcome back on the show anytime to talk to talk Colts Steelers, even Colts football with us. So before we head out here, Josh, tell the people where they can go check out all of your work uh, on the Steelers. Yeah, so you guys can can find us on uh, SteelersDepot.com. You can find me on Twitter right there at by Josh Carney. Uh, yeah, I don't tweet as much about the Colts anymore uh, just because the Steelers are, are 24-7 at this point. They are basically the NFL's Kardashians with the amount of drama that's that's going on currently. But, uh, yeah, Steelers Depot, uh, we, we've got quite a team there. And, uh, you know, we've got everything covered this week from, from Colts players and coaches' comments to everything going on with Ben Roethlisberger and the drama surrounding them. So uh, 
yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Whenever you need me, just give me a call. Uh, you know, whatever happens here Saturday, hopefully, uh, you know, I can come back on, even if it's a, a Colts loss. But uh, yeah, I think I think the streak ends. We wrote something here, I think this morning, 15 years in the making. The Steelers' loss is 15 years in the making. So uh, yeah, looking forward to Saturday. Had a great time chatting with you guys. Always good to see you, Andrew. Drake, it was uh, it was great to virtually meet you. Got to say that uh, here in the year 2023, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I said at the top, proud of everything you guys are doing with the site. Uh, it's it's come a long way since uh, the the pandemic creation, and uh, <laughs> you guys are are kicking butt day after day, and, and have really built a brand for for yourself. So proud of you guys. Keep it up, man. And and Andrew, congrats on on all the success away from football, man. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Uh, can't wait to, to see you become a dad and, and really just take off with it. So keep up the great work, guys. Well, I appreciate it, Josh. And, and Drake's becoming a dad in February. So yeah! we're both going to be juggling newborns. Uh, so, hey, if you hear some crying in the background in some future episodes of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Fine. don't be alarmed. Just our newborns and, and our and our wives dealing with all that. Right. So, And as Patrick Rye, the CFO, right on cue for open bars and lots and lots of diapers and late night ice cream. That is why <laughs> that's why he's the man. That's why he is the absolute man thank you Love so that. much yeah and no brandon moses i told him to come on tonight he said my in-laws were in town i said that should be an excuse to come and watch precisely so uh, but hey uh really appreciate you coming on josh and anybody if you want steelers coverage go check out steelers depot the best in the business fantastic work that josh and all of his colleagues do over there really really good stuff so before we exit here please go follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on x and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you know whenever drake and i go live whenever shod goes live with the saddle up show so you never miss an episode And if you can't catch us live apple spotify google wherever you're listening to us today we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe give us a five-star review so we can reach other colts fans just like you as always you guys know drake the hardest working man in colts media has been writing away on horseshoehuddle.com tell the people what they can go check out that you've written uh i did my three good and three bad in the loss against the Bengals. so if you want to see what the colts are building off of or have to build off of go check that out and then my upcoming piece is going to be the five keys to defeating the steelers and i also uh kind of drummed the tight ends a little bit and one of my pieces on them on how they need to improve if the colts want to make the playoffs yeah, make sure you go check those out. For me, got a piece up on Michael Pittman Jr. He talked about the sense of urgency that this team has. And, and Shane Steichen also spoke about Michael Pittman and, and the ways they are using him in this offense and how Pittman has become so important to this team's success. So go check that out and all the other fantastic writings from our staff at horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at Drake. Follow Josh at by Josh Carney. And you can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL all on X. And we'll be back Monday night to break down what happens between the Colts and the Steelers should be an all-time classic. So until then, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. And we'll be back Monday night.